When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here we go. Happy Friday. Welcome to And now us together, along with Alex and Kate, have our college football bets on WatchStadium.com. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, make sure to check that out. All the written content on the WatchStadium website, and we, we tweet out all the articles, so shouldn't be able to shouldn't have to miss that. You should be able to read that. But along with all the picks we give out today, I know we have a lot, especially in college. So I think we should just get right to it after a, a quick weather report. Yeah, let's uh, so let's do that quick weather report. Any uh, weather around the country, weatherman Nate, uh, that you have seen that may affect some totals? The weather outside is weather. Yeah, it's getting a little cooler around the country, but still fairly pleasant. Um, the one thing that I'm looking at is there's a chance of rain in Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and I know that's a game we're going to talk about later on in the show as a potential. Bet we are betting and maybe even a best bet on that total. And the rain certainly helps that case for the, the total, at least in my opinion. The NFL looks like a little bit more dicey of a situation. Rain in the forecast in Chicago, rain in the forecast in Buffalo, and also in Green Bay. Some wind included there. With the thing with Buffalo, they're, they're laying 16 and a half or 16 against the Texans. So maybe it's not a quite a, an aerial raid that the Buffalo Bills love to do, especially if it's bad weather and the Bills play the Chiefs next week. So just something to keep in mind if you're trying to bet totals in the game. I know in the brunch time winners, which we'll definitely have because last week was so good for the uh, first quarter unders, I, I was looking at a Bears-Lions first quarter under because of the potential rain in Chicago, but also the matchup in general. Um, just want to wait on the quarterback news for the Bears before locking that bet in. Yeah, love that. I love that idea for uh, brunch time winners. And it was successful last week, so we might as well hope that it's a two for two weekend for the brunch time winner. But Nate, let's do um, let's do some college football picks because we have a bunch of college football picks we have to get to. And the theme of the week, at least for me, is under baby under under weekend. I love it. I have so many unders that I want to give out. I don't think I picked any overs this weekend, um, and I have some spreads, but it is an under weekend. For me, um, and we will start with one of my best bets, and that is Georgia Arkansas under 48 and a half. Um, and I believe I gave this out in that Watch Stadium article that we put out today at WatchStadium.com. I just I think it's two good defenses. You have Georgia's number one SEC defense, Arkansas's number three in the SEC in defense. Um, Georgia's run defense is unbelievably good, and Arkansas mainly likes to run the ball. 
I just think this number is a little too high at 48 and a half. I think we'll maybe see a game that ends with 45, 46, uh, but 48 and a half is, is certainly a little too high. And it was at like 49.50 at one point that we saw. Um, and I'm sure that number is going to continue to move down. I actually didn't look at it right before we started recording, Nate. So I don't know if it's even moved lower than 48 and a half. But I, I just love the under in this uh, in this game. Well, you're in luck, Ben, because it's actually moved up a little bit. There was some money, it looks like, came on the over. So you can get 49.5. It even looks like some places at 50. So maybe right. hold off on that. Maybe see where the dust settles by tonight. But I think on game day, it's an early start. We're going to see under money. And I agree with you on the under. But just to diversify the portfolio of our best bets, I'm going to just isolate the Arkansas team total under. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. you like both defense in these games. Also want to add both court starting quarterbacks of each team are dealing with injuries. I just think Arkansas is going to have really trouble moving the ball and scoring because they only scored three points in the final 44 minutes against Texas A&M. Now they go up against a better Georgia defense on a true road field. And then you have the familiarity. Sam Pittman spent four years on Kirby Smart's staff at Georgia. So whenever there's familiarity, especially when coaches work so close together recently, I always tend to go to the under. I just think that there's a chance maybe Georgia at the end maybe scores some garbage time touchdowns. I don't think Kirby's going to want to run up the score on a former assistant like he didn't want to do against Shane Bieber. But I feel more comfortable just a little bit going Arkansas team total. I saw under 15 and a half. Let's grade it as that for the best bet. And for your best bet, I think we can grade it at under 49 and a half. Yeah, I like it. I'll, I'll take the couple more points. And 49 is, is a pretty big number, so I, I like it. I'll, I'll take 49 and a half. I am seeing some 50s a little bit somewhere, but I think 49 and a half is the, the number everyone has been uh, agreeing on at this point. So love the under in that one. I think I might hit the team total, too, for Arkansas. Um, because I just I don't know where their points are coming from. I really don't. I, I don't know how they're going to be able to get past this Georgia defense. Uh, my other best bet, Nate, um, and I should probably have checked to make sure this line has uh, not moved even more, but I like Florida. Florida minus 7.5, and, and it really doesn't matter how much it moved. I, I think I like it up to about 9.5. Um, I just think Florida is the outright better team than Kentucky, and I wrote about this. Kentucky is 4-0, but you look at the opponents that Kentucky has played, and it's just, it's not impressive. And it's a team that should be 4-0 at this point. And they beat South Carolina. They beat Chattanooga. They beat Mizzou. Sorry about that, Nate. They beat L.A. Monroe. Um, so it's a 4-0 team that they have. And they haven't played impressive teams. And we've seen Florida take it down to the wire against Alabama. And I know this game is in Kentucky. And I think that's why you're probably getting a better number with Florida since they're the visiting team. But this really is a team that Florida should beat by double digits or more. So I'm pretty comfortable laying the seven and a half, laying the eight up to probably nine, nine and a half with Florida. Yeah, no, no need to apologize about Missouri football. They couldn't even beat Boston <laughs> College with a backup quarterback. That's, so that's true. That, that win for Kentucky that looked big in week two doesn't look as impressive now. They beat Chattanooga by five points, and then they beat South Carolina last week by six points. But this isn't a good South Carolina team. My only worry, Ben, in this game is whenever Kentucky plays Florida, it's kind of the game they circle before the year because I don't know the exact stat. I think it's like 33 of the last 34 meetings between these teams Florida has won, and Kentucky has recently broke that streak against Florida. So I'd expect an all-out effort from Kentucky in this one as Florida hits the road for at least leaving the state of Florida for the first time this year. So that's my only concern about that. I'm not a big fan of Kentucky, honestly, and, and Florida has impressed me, especially since they lost so much. I didn't. I thought they'd maybe have a down year. Uh, but 
ultimately I will stay away and just root for you to uh, get to come home with the Gators. Hopefully they win by double digits. I appreciate that. Um, let's quickly go rapid fire through bets I like. They aren't best bets, but I'm going to bet all three of the hangover games that we talked about on Wednesday's show. I'm going to pull the trigger on Louisiana Tech. I saw their depth chart yesterday. Quarterback Austin Kendall is listed as the starter. He is a former Oklahoma and West Virginia quarterback. He almost led the team to a week one win against Mississippi State. So now that he's in, I like them against NC State coming off the big win in uh, one of the biggest wins, honestly, in the at least the Dave Doran era for yeah. NC State. So I expect a letdown from North Carolina State. And then I'm going to take Pitt against Georgia Tech. Pitt minus three. Georgia Tech just coming off two big games, almost beating Clemson, beating North Carolina. And I'm going to take App State minus the 10 against the Georgia State team that lost a demoralizing game at Auburn last week. App State also extra time to prepare because they played last Thursday. So like that in the favor of Appalachia State. And then quickly, Nevada, plus six and a half. And I wrote this as my money line pick. Um, I'm not sure if it's a, it's around minus two, plus 200. It may be less in some places, so shop around. But Boise State was pretty fortunate to beat Utah State, at least not to be fortunate to beat them. They won 27-3, to but they also let up over 400 yards to Utah State, and Utah State had three turnovers. So Utah State probably should have at least scored more, and if that was the case, I think this line would be a little bit lower. Nevada coming off a bye week. They have an NFL prospect at quarterback in Carson Strong. This is a big game for him. I'm sure scouts are going to be looking back at the film of this game when they are doing their draft preparations if they're not only already watching this game live. So I like Nevada. We'll pack at Boise State on the blue turf to cover the spread and also will be the key of all my uh, money line parlays for college football that do on Saturday morning. I, I don't think you can go wrong betting Nevada. They, they've just been impressive in spots where you don't expect them to be impressive in. And I definitely think this is one of those spots. Um, do you want to do your best bets, or should I run through some of the ones I'm, I'm playing that aren't my best bets? You go ahead with that, and then I'll do some a few best bets. Perfect. We can finish with a bang. Um, Alabama Ole Miss – so this at one point was 80, um, and that was heavily bet down um, immediately after it got to 80 just because of how ridiculous of a number that is. But, Nate, it looks like it is at 80 right now at the uh, sports books that we normally use. So I'm going to just hit that 80, and I'm going to go under. I think that I think it's too high, and I know Ole Miss loves to score, and I know Bama loves to score, and they have had a shaky defense. But from what I've been seeing and what I've been reading this past week, I just I don't see a Nick Saban who hasn't been just overly prepping his defense to just beat Lane Kiffin to the ground and not let him score. So I can see Alabama scoring 40, 45, and then maybe Ole Miss scoring 30. So I'm, I'm going under, under 80. Not a best bet, but it's under 80 for me um, for Alabama Ole Miss. Another under for the under weekend. Ole Miss team total under also because I'm going under an Alabama Ole Miss game. I have to go Ole Miss under 32 and a half was the number that I last saw for this one. Um, again, I think they can score 30, 31. They can get 28 in a field goal. Um, but I just think Alabama's defense, which has been shaky at least last week in the last couple weeks, they come to play. They're ready for Ole Miss's offense um, and they don't let them score more than four touchdowns in a field goal. Iowa, Maryland tonight, Friday night under. 48, surprising. Um, I, again, Iowa's offense, I don't trust. Iowa's defense, I do trust. 
Um, and, and Maryland's offense has been every which way. Um, and I think that number now is down to 47 and a half. I'll still take that 47 and a half. Um, I think this game goes under. I think we see, you know, a 24, 21, a 24, 17 type of game here. Um, and that hits the under 48. And then Notre Dame Cincy under 51. Um, I honestly might make this my best bet. It's 50 and a half now. I just love the under here. And and you look at these teams and you see overs all over the place and you see the offense is churning in, in all directions. And I think this is the game where it all slows down for both of them. It's the biggest game you'll see all season for Cincinnati and probably the biggest we'll see for Notre Dame so far this year. I mean, these game, these teams are ready. The weather in Chicago, as you mentioned in the weather report, going to be a little bit rainy, might be uh, not the best conditions. Love the under for Cincy Notre Dame, Nate. Yeah, and the more I've thought about it over throughout the week, the more I like it enough where I'm going to make it a best bet, and we'll grade it at yeah. under 50 and a half because that looks like the prevailing number. Yeah, everywhere on the under, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, as you mentioned, big game for Cincinnati. They need this game before they enter conference play to stay relevant in the playoff, at least the talk. I'm not sure how realistic it is, but I, just to be in the conversation, this is one of the big games they they need to win, and they have a week to prepare for this game while Notre Dame had to go to Chicago to play Wisconsin. And I trust the Cincinnati defense a lot more than their offense. A few other things I like the under Notre Dame defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman was at Cincinnati. So you have that familiarity that I like to look at. And then also Notre Dame quarterback, Jack Cohn dealing with an ankle injury. He left the second half of Notre Dame's last game. And Brian Kelly is optimistic. He's going to play, but who knows if he's going to be, you know, laboring around or if he re-aggravates it. I also like that Notre Dame is coming off a game that went over because they scored three defensive and special team touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So that might have at least inflated the under or the total a little bit. That's obviously not sustainable. It was pretty much a 10-10 game entering the fourth quarter. Uh, that was a low-scoring game, looked like an easy under. I think we'll see a easy under in this game, and I don't think any team is going to win by margin. So like the under 15 and a half and it's a it's a bet I didn't think I would have made on Monday but the more I think about it the more I like it and it's now in best bet territory love it and I have one more best bet and it's probably not a surprise to anyone if you've listened to the show all week but I'm going to take Wisconsin minus two and a half we'll go. grade it at but I'm going to bet them on the money line at minus 125 these for getting a discount on Wisconsin after that misleading loss to Notre Dame as I just mentioned 41 to 13 where they gave up 31 unanswered points, but 21 of those points were not from the defense. That was the the uh, Graham Mertz pick six show and then a kick return that kind of flipped the game. But Notre Dame was held to nine rushing yards by Wisconsin on 32 attempts. Michigan, a run-heavy team. They do not have impressive passing statistics at all. This is also the first game outside of Ann Arbor for Michigan this season and the first game on the road for a lot of the kids with fans since 2019. I'm just a little worried about Graham Mertz, but as I said in the article, if he was playing better, this line would be closer to a touchdown. So I like Wisconsin at under a field goal against Michigan, and that's going to be a best bet for me. I don't necessarily disagree with that bet, um, and I know Kate Constable wrote the complete opposite in Michigan plus two and a half. I just, for me, I don't trust either team, and you made a convincing case for Wisconsin. I just, um, I don't know. I don't know which way to think of this game. I think you can see a really good Michigan team come out prepared, good defense, and come out and beat Wisconsin at home with a tough 
who, who has a tough offense, but I just, I think you can see the complete opposite. Wisconsin at home, they're ready to go, coming off a tough loss. I, I could see it either way. So I may stay away. I think this is the perfect live betting opportunity in my eyes, uh, just to sit, watch this game live bet if you feel like the score has gotten too lopsided and it's going to come back uh, towards the mean. But it's going to be a fun game either way. Eh, maybe a fun game. I think it actually might be a little bit low scoring and boring. But if you're into that type of football, it's fun if you like defense. Football, <laughs> then sure. Yeah. I think it's an interesting game because it's a. Uh, it almost feels like a game that Jim Harbaugh needs to have. He hasn't had success yes. against Wisconsin, especially in Madison. He's always been criticized for beating the lesser teams and not stepping up in class. I know that Wisconsin isn't ranked, but before the year they were a top ten team. So this is, I would still consider, would be a, a big win for Michigan to kind of get the program in the right direction uh, after a couple down years in Ann Arbor. All right, let's look at the NFL. We had our college football bets. Um, and again, uh, let me just run that down real quickly for both of us. We each had three best bets for college football. Um, I had Georgia-Arkansas under 49.5. You had the under for the Arkansas team total, which is 15 and a half. I had Florida minus seven and a half, and we both had Cincy and Notre Dame under 50 and a half, and you also had the Wisconsin money line against Michigan. NFL picks, it's teaser day. You know how it was under weekend for me in college football, Nate? It is teaser Sunday for me and the NFL. I'm, I'm big on the teasing this weekend. I, I don't love a ton of the numbers as is, so I think you might as well tease them. And the one best bet that I have for the NFL is teasing the Vikings in Kansas City. And we're teasing the Vikings up. And we're teasing Kansas City down. So right now the Vikings are plus two against Cleveland at home. So I'm going to tease them up six points to Vikings plus eight. And Kansas City is now minus six and a half. They have been minus seven for a good portion of the week, but they are minus six and a half now. Um, and I'm going to tease them down to minus a half. So basically their money line, they have to win um, that game. So Vikings plus eight, Kansas City minus a half is my teaser best bet for Sunday. Yep, I'm in full agreement on that. Plenty of at least mathematically good teaser legs, but those are the ones that stick out to me. I thought the Ravens may have been the another one, but now they're a favorite, so maybe the Broncos end up being one. I'll tweet out anything I tease, but other ones, the Falcons, maybe the Lions if it gets to under a field goal, the Titans, but they have a pretty murky injury report, but if there is two teaser legs that I'll have in all my teasers and have a big bet like you on just one teaser between the Vikings and Kansas City, two-team six-pointer traditional teaser, uh, that would be the, the two legs I use, Minnesota and Kansas City. Love it. Uh, what are some of your NFL bets? All right, I'll just go ahead. My best bet, one NFL best bet, and you know it's a tough NFL week when your best bet is the 0-3 New York football Giants, but I'm going oh. there with the Giants. Let's grade it at plus seven because that line has moved down, but do your due diligence and make sure to get seven and a half if that is available, especially after the Friday injury reports come out. I just don't think the Saints offense is, is good enough to be able to trust them to cover a touchdown spread. Jameis Winston has only thrown – for a, more than 100, for, he hasn't thrown for a, over 150 yards at all this season. His season high was week one when he threw for 148 yards. So I, I really don't trust the Saints offense to cover this number, especially since the total of this game has been bet down pretty drastically throughout the week. I believe 42 I saw, even some 41 and a half. So really like the, un, like the I under I understand why the total has moved to the under, 
And because of that, I'm not going to be backing the favorite. I'll be backing the underdog, especially an underdog in the New York Giants, who, as I mentioned, 0-3, so they're desperate. But under Joe Judge, they've had eight games where they were the road underdog, and they are 7-1 against the spread in those games. They just thrive in that role when nothing's expected of them, and they play a really good team on the road, and they keep the game close. It happened last season against the Rams. It happened against the Cowboys, where even when after Dak Prescott before Dak Prescott got hurt, suffered that season-ending injury, they were keeping it close against the Cowboys. And then late in the year with Colt McCoy starting at quarterback, they went into Seattle as a double-digit underdog and won straight up. So I think the Giants thrive in this role, and they're back in this role. Last week they were a favorite. We bet against them. Now we're going to bet on them now that they are catching points, and there's not much expectations for Joe Judge's men. So like the Giants, plus seven, try to get seven and a half. And then quickly, I'm going to wait as long as possible. It might be like Sunday right before, the, maybe like while the coin toss or while Carrie Underwood is singing the Sunday night football song. <laughs> I'll be betting the Patriots plus seven or better. This line is just so inflated. If this was on a, on a in Tampa Bay, just say we flip home field, you give an NFL team now two points for home field advantage, the Patriots or the Buccaneers would be an 11-point favorite against the New England Patriots in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay closed 13 against the Falcons. New England much better than the Falcons. So I think we're getting just a ton of line value here. I expect the Patriots to still have a strong effort. Their defense played well last week against the Saints. Mac Jones didn't play well, but I think this is a matchup where he could play well. I know there's a lot of pressure, but he's an Alabama kid. He has pedigree. He's played in big games before, and the Buccaneers secondary is by far the weakest part of that team. So I think when you have good coaching like Bill Belichick, he knows the weaknesses to attack and the matchups to exploit. I think I don't know if the Patriots win straight up. I think that might be asking a lot, but I think there's a lot of inflation because of the Tom Brady return to Foxborough narrative, but also because the Tampa Bay Bucks lost to the Rams last week. So waiting as long as possible because I know the world's on the Bucks and teasers and money line parlays oh, yeah. and straight bets at minus six and a half, even minus seven. The public's going to come in on Sunday, so I'm going to wait as long as possible. Not a best bet, but going to bet the New England Patriots uh, by a kickoff Sunday night. Wait till Carrie Underwood is like holding her last note in Sunday night, and then you go and you look and you see what number you can get that late. That's, I love that's it. The, that's the game plan. So that's why it's not a best bet because it's Friday morning, and that game yeah. is in two and a, or you know over 48 hours away. By the time you're listening, maybe less, but. That's my plan. I'm going to go totally contrarian, and because of that, just going to wait as long as possible. Yeah, it looks like it's like 94%, 95% of the public's money is on uh, Tampa yes. Bay. There's, um, there's been a lot of interviews with bookmakers I heard this week, and it's one of the most lopsided games, it sounds like, in the history of their operation. Truly wild. Um, the other one, I, I so these aren't best bets, but you know, Vikings plus two, I teased them. I still kind of like that number. Against Cleveland, um, they're at home. They've shown they can win at home. They've had a pretty tough schedule, and Cleveland's schedule has not impressed me, as I said on Wednesday. So I still, I, I don't mind doing Vikings plus two, probably even sprinkling, since I have them in a teaser, probably just sprinkling some money on the money line for the Vikings. Um, and then Seattle plus three against the 49ers. And Nate, I know in your article for WatchStadium.com, you said this was a game you were undecided from and you weren't really sure how to bet. I like Seattle in this spot. I like them as the underdog. Um, they have been a really good first-half team and a really crappy second-half team, and I think they know that, and I think they're not going to continue to score four points 
in the second half on average is what they have been doing through the last three weeks. So I am uh, I am pretty high on Seattle. I might hit their money line, but I do like that number uh, at plus three. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be on the sideline for this game. There's plenty of games uh, that I don't really know what to do with in the NFL. And this one, I think, is like the one I'm completely going to stay away from. But I do understand why the the math would say if you're getting a field goal, field goal of Seattle, it's the right the right play. Um, I like San Francisco this week, but they're just they don't feel like. Or I like San Francisco this season, pardon me, but this week seems like they've just had too many injuries to overcome, and they're going to need to somehow figure it out. I just the only reason I'm going to also stay away, or another reason, is I like. Kyle Shanahan way more than I do Pete Carroll in terms of in-game yeah. management. We've seen Seattle start off well in all three of their games in the first half. The last two games, they've been horrible in the second half. So maybe if you want to go Seattle first half, that could be another, yeah, that could be another move. angle to go if you want to kind of diversify your betting. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of good games this week, but unfortunately I don't have met bets on many of them. But if you want to read my explanation, go to watchstanding.com, and I have that NFL article up that kind of gives my take on, like, where I'm trying to make, like, a side for both teams if I don't want know what to bet. So if you want to try to kind of handicap my handicapping and make a decision, then feel free to do so. Let's look at some attractive underdogs. <laughs> See what uh, some of these underdogs that uh, we're, we're thinking about, and maybe some after dark bets. And I have an attractive underdog and hashtag Pac-12 after dark, and that is Arizona State, Nate. And we have been all over the place on UCLA. Um, we were loving UCLA week one. We're betting against UCLA, and I was back on UCLA last week, and that was great against Stanford. They covered the four. I think I may be back on the other side of UCLA this week against Arizona State. Um, they're getting. I believe the last number I saw was three and a half is they have to lay three and a half against Arizona state. But I, I think Arizona state can even win this game. I think they should cover, but I think they can even win. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson is, I, I don't think he's a hundred percent. Arizona state's passing defense has been really good. Um, I, I think this is a game that we can see Arizona state win out, win outright. Um, and I hate betting against UCLA right now. That line is down to minus three um, in favor of UCLA. But I, I do think that you have some good value on Arizona State. I think this game is more of a pick 'em. I think it's more than uh, than as closer than I think the bookmakers have it. So Arizona State could be a good underdog to bet on completely with the money line, or if you like the plus three. All right, a few unattractive underdogs for me, and I mentioned a few of them. Louisiana Tech, although I probably wouldn't bet them on, on the money line, I would. As long as Austin Kendall's in and it looks like he is, I would bet him by price 17 and a half. A few teams on the money line that I like, Nevada, as I mentioned. I like mm-hmm. Troy against South Carolina. I just don't think South Carolina should be that big of a favorite against many teams in the country. I know Troy lost an embarrassing game last week to UL Monroe, but I like Troy to at least bounce back. It, you know, Whenever a, a Sunbelt team goes on the road to an SEC team, you get their best effort. Another team, TCU, I think, as underdogs under Gary Patterson, very good, yeah. very good history against Texas. I know it's a new head coach in Texas, and maybe they figured out their quarterback situation last week when they dropped 70 on Texas Tech. But Texas also has Oklahoma next weekend. So this seems like a role where TCU at home as the underdog thrives in. So I'm going to probably 
have a little bit of a money line parlay on Nevada, Troy, and TCU. And then I wanted to add a shorter underdog. It's only a two-and-a-half-point underdog. It was three earlier this week. Mm-hmm. But the Minnesota Golden Gophers just yeah. lost as 31-point favorites to Bowling Green. So I kind of have that mind. Maybe it's a, it's an issue, but like whenever a team loses a game like that, and then now they're an underdog, it's like I want to bet on them because the practice must have been very intense this week. That must have been a full-focused effort, especially when you have a coach like P.J. Fleck, who's known for his motivation. I don't really think Purdue's that good. Minnesota had high expectations, relatively high expectations before the year. I could see them bouncing back, and if, if plus three shows up, I'll definitely have a small bet on Minnesota. Yeah, I was. I have been stressing, uh, or going back and forth, I should say, over Minnesota all week, Nate. Um, I think you convinced me to take them. I think I will, but I've been holding off to see if I can get that plus three. If not, I'll just hit the money line. But I think they're they're a better team than people think, and I know they they lost to Bowling Green, and I know they didn't look good, but they have the experience. First of all, they're they're an experienced team with a lot of people who came back. Um, to, to be good enough in a bounce-back situation, even on the road, I do like their money line. And, and even if it's still plus 2.5, I like plus 2.5. Uh, brunch time winners hit all of them last weekend. I don't know if it's going to be the same situation on this Sunday, but we have uh, you have a couple brunch time winner yeah. games that you've been zeroing in on. Yeah, I don't think we officially gave them out, so I don't want to give us credit, but they were 9-0 and <laughs> last week, the first quarter unders, yeah. which is – the idea of the brunch time winner, you have a winner within like 30 to 45 minutes. I know some of the first quarters, if they're low scoring, they can go by very fast. So 30 minutes into the game, you know if you win or not. Uh, two that stick out this week, I like the Titans-Jets first quarter under. I'm sure that's going to be seven and a half. That total has been hammered under all week. I think part of the reason why is the Titans injury report to their yep. wide receivers A.J. Brown left last week of a hamstring injury, so I'd imagine he's a huge doubt to play in this game, especially against the Jets. But Julio Jones also on the injury report. The Jets, as long as they don't, you know, cause a, a or have a turnover that leads to, you know, a pick six or a short field for Tennessee, who's a defense a that doesn't if. force many turnovers. I know it's a big if. But <laughs> I think against the, the Tennis, I guess against the Titans defense, I think they can at least have a little bit of. Not success, but they won't be as overwhelmed as they were the last two weeks against Bill Belichick and Vic Fangio units. So I think that's going to be a low-scoring start, and that would make sense because the under has been hit hard all week. And then Bears-Lions, obviously I mentioned the weather. The quarterback situation for the Bears is murky, so maybe this is a good play regardless of who's quarterback. But I can also see these teams starting off slow in what looks like it's going to be a gloomy, potentially rainy day at Soldier Field on the natural grass that we know isn't the best surface in the NFL. So Titans, Jets, <laughs> Lions, Bears, first quarter under in each of those games. We'll tweet out on Sunday what the official numbers are and to make sure that those are actually the bets. I uh, I think Titans, Jets will for sure be a bet. Lions, Bears will probably be dependent on who the quarterback is for Chicago. Yeah, I like that Titans, Jets game. And like you said, with the injuries, it just – I don't know who would trust the Jets' offense, to be honest, to score anything. And with the Titans having injury issues, I could see maybe just one touchdown being scored in that first quarter. So I love that brunch time under for the Titans-Jets. Um, if you don't have anything else, Nate, we could uh, we could wrap it up. whole bunch so of let's bets. Get, let's get out of there. We gave the uh, important information and let people make their decisions before a, yeah. a big football weekend as we start off the uh, month of October. 
yeah, bounce back weekend for us too, as we uh, think we went one and four last weekend, which we kind of figured was going to happen at some point. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a bounce back weekend. I'm nine and eight, and you're nine and two on the year so far in best bets. So very excited to get this weekend going. We will talk to you all Monday. We'll have some Monday night football plays as well. Then recapping the weekend and all that fun, and we'll see you all Monday. Good luck. <laughs>